Hi, it's Bob Rivers here, Radical Centrist. And on tonight's show, we have Spike O'Neill. Downtown Joe is still coaching women's badminton, I think, so he's not going to be here. But we have a special surprise guest, not so much of a surprise since things get out quickly on the internet. Maura Gallucci will join us uh, for the beginning of this discussion. And then Spike, who's on his way back from a spike in the Impaler's practice, uh, will join in. Many of you uh, remember that Maura Gallucci was the catalyst that propelled our show to number one back in the early 2000s. It's a long story, but Maura Gallucci was working over at 710 Cairo at the time. Uh, we were working for a company that wanted to save money. And one night, downtown Joe was driving in, and I say night because it was like 3.30 in the morning, and he heard Maura Gallucci's voice on the air, and he had this idea. Why don't we get Maura Gallucci networked through Cairo to be our news person, and then they can save, I'm sorry, Maura's hearing this maybe for the first time, they can save money <laughs> by using someone they already have. And he said, and seriously, I had not really listened to Maura because I was on in the morning. Uh, he said, her voice is like that of an angel. She is sweet. He said, I don't know her, but I can just tell that she's a fantastic person. So after Joe told me this, I, I you know, popped on and listened. And when I heard Maura Gallucci's voice, I went, wow. Um... Sweet, kind, nice. What would she want? Why would she want to have anything to do with us? Um, as it turns out, the whole thing worked because the company was cheap. I mean, thrifty, let's say. And Maura Gallucci did join the show where she stayed for a good long time. And in fact, I think came back. Just like, you know, some of those people who remarry their ex-wives. So uh, Spike is not here yet, but she's in the green room. Let's give a warm welcome to Maura Gallucci. Hiya! Wow, that was the nicest thing you could have ever said. And I, I've, I've heard all of it except for the part about being a catalyst for your success. I feel like oh. I just grabbed onto the rocket as it was, a, I just happened to hit it at the right time. <laughs> well, as you used to know and maybe have forgotten, I have no particular talent. I surround myself with really wildly entertaining, interesting, and funny people. And then I'm sort of the conductor of the orchestra. You really, um, you, uh, without overdoing it. Now, that's not possible for me. I will overdo it. Uh, but you, you, you brought a credibility to our show, first of all, by virtue of being from Cairo. Uh, second of all, by being a woman who could tolerate us. <laughs> and third, just because of your uh, good heart and good nature, that um, that really did propel uh, the show. We had our first number one ratings shortly after you came on board. The company was happy. I'm sorry I put all that saving money stuff in. We, I would have. <laughs> oh, no, that was I that was. That was right on out in the open from day one. I mm -hmm. we were, we were all clear on that. We were all clear <laughs> on that. <laughs> so uh, anyway, welcome Maura Gallucci. I, and I should give 
you know, some more Wikipedia props to you in terms of your history. How many years at Cairo? You worked for KOOW. You've done lots of other voice work. And you have a, a studio in your basement now, like just about every 16-year-old other... kid. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Speaking That's what I've been doing. Of 16-year-old kids. I've got, you have one. I do. I have a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old. And it's uh, it's crazy to think that I was working with you before I had either one of them and then took some time off and came back. And um, now I've got a six foot, 295 pound dude living in the basement <laughs> and, and a 16 year old. Seriously? Yeah. He's a big dude. Wow. He's a big guy. Yeah. Wow. And he's about ready to graduate. And I, I sometimes think about the stories that you used to tell with your boy about your boys. Cause they were in high school back then. That's right. And I remember, I remember God bless Andrew. <laughs> he, he didn't have a great, it was, he had a challenging high school time, right? So he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so similar I to his dad. To that yep. With Finn. Okay. It's, yeah. Finn can't possibly be as uncool as me and Andrew were. <laughs> well, he, you know, he's, he's a pretty quiet kid and he keeps to himself and he, high school hasn't been, you know, he's great now. He's great. But we w went through a couple of rough Quiet, thoughtful kids don't do as well as bullies. I remember. So, yeah. oh, wow. So, all right. So you look fantastic. You have an age today. Oh, thank you. You uh, do glasses too. are awesome. Like Your voice glasses. is still like butter, <laughs> as Joe said. Um, let's dig it. Let's try to have this conversation as if we weren't having it for someone else as a show. Although I had to do the nice introduction. How are you? I'm good. You know, things are good. We, you know, we weathered all of the covid and all of that really well except for you know it, like that was kind of in the heart of the time when we were trying to figure out how to help our son kind of get through this and become an adult and figure it out so you know covid was tough i think for kids in high school especially Tougher, especially for kids yeah 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 thinking, thinking back on this um and i know you're a, a whiny ass liberal um <laughs> Do you think we overdid it? Do you think that like we should have just said, ah, kids aren't going to get that sick. Grandma and grandpa lock yourself in the basement. Everyone else. Yeah. You know, the thing was, we just didn't know. I just, you know, I think, yeah, we probably did overdo it a little bit. But the the thing was, we were, we were, it, there were these two extremes like we still have. But, you know, mm -hmm. so it's like, it was like one reaction to the, to the uh, one extreme to the other. And, you know, now it's like, do you do you go out with a mask? I, I mean, I, I, I don't either. In fact, for all of my whiny ass liberal BS, we went to, we went to New York, flew on an airplane with COVID, didn't know it, spent a week touring around New York city and um, very likely gave, you know, many people the disease. And I can't believe I'm admitting that, but it was terrible. We didn't know we had it. And what you're saying is, uh, what's funny is they, uh, we'll, 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 we'll tease a little about politics. The Republicans is better sorry than safe. And the uh, Democrat point was better safe than sorry. And at the time science was better safe than sorry. Uh, also we have to admit that when the virus first came out, it was more deadly. Yeah, it, it killed a higher percent. It was still a low percentage of people, but everybody who got it had this risk of dying. And then as it mutated, 
it yeah. didn't kill as many people. So now if there's okay. a 99.7 chance that I'm just going to get a bad cold and I've had five vaccine shots and a bunch of monoclonal antibodies, I'm, I'm out there like I'm out there at Cirque du Soleil shows going, <laughs> breathe deep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's an argument yeah. for getting it out of the way. So yeah. So it's not the, the same virus it used to be. Yeah, when when people were dying, that was the first iteration that anybody knew, and it was killing people all you know, right and left. And I got to ask you how you felt about this when it was perceived as potentially this huge plague death monster. And by the way, it was perceived that way by everybody. I mean, Mike Pence stood up there freaking out, and you know, even Donald Trump was like, "Can we bleach it out? What will we do?" Um, everybody felt that way for a little while because of all of the body bags in Italy and the you know hospitals overloaded. We could see it coming. What did that feel like for you, as both a mother, which is your primary job, and as a media person, a lifelong media person? Well, you know, just, I remember just thinking it's so random. You just don't know what you're going to get. And nobody knew. I, as a media person, it was like, nobody knew. Do you remember seeing the doctors doing the, you know, this is how I go shopping and they would cover themselves with gloves and the whole shebang. And then like, you know, six months later there, you know, that's, that was out the door and nobody knew, nobody knew. But as wasn't it in a way kind of fun? Yes. I hate to say it. I I want to see if you go the same way I'm thinking with this. What was fun about it? Well, you know, I had, uh, I was working here at home. And so the only huge difference for me was that I had a, I had a now a roommate and an office mate in Andy because my husband had to stay home. And then my two kids were home from school. So they were upstairs. Um, and that was that was like the worst part of it. That was the worst part of it. No, I mean, we didn't we didn't get sick until you know a full year and a half after when you say the worst part of it was being stuck with your family all the time, 24-7. <laughs> well, Honesty? the worst part of it was yeah. trying to trying to do some recording. Well, Andy is, you know, talking on a conference call. So we figured out how to, you know, schedule each other. And so the the best part of it was I got to hang out with, you know, my kids like I never would have been able to, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd be I'd be doing something and and you know, it's like 10:05 and, you know, Bridget's supposed to be in biotech and I hear the ukulele start playing. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, wait, wait, isn't this biology? You know, and it was just, I mean, there were memories that, that we would never have had. And it was, it was just chill. It was just chill. No traffic. Remember no traffic. That was awesome. All right. If anybody else has best things about the pandemic confessions, go ahead and text them to us. You can text us if you're on Facebook or YouTube. I'll give a few of mine. First, there's the one that's the, uh, what do you call it? Virtue signaling one. Um, it felt good in the weirdest of way for all of humanity to have a common enemy and a common goal, to not be us against them, to not like, eventually we blamed China, of course, (laughs) but, but to, uh, for all of us, for one second, it felt like we were all brothers and sisters on the planet. And. I remember really liking that feeling. Oh, maybe this will stop people from fighting and stop banks from and Wall Street from being so greedy. <laughs> it was all totally naive bullshit. But yeah. 
but for a moment, it felt like we all had a common cause. The other one is a true confession of, of what a shitty person I am. <laughs> I like being alone at home. <laughs> I like not having to go to someone's wedding. I like not having to go to yeah. a funeral, increasingly more likely these days, or, you know, a travel and all of the things that we did because we have to do them. Yeah. All of a sudden... Sort of my my dream is to live in this one room. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of with you on that. Mm. I you know I feel sorry for the people who really thrive on being out there in you know the extroverts of the world. I it must have been really hard, but I was the same way. I was mm. like I'm good. I'm, I'm socially really good. anxious. You mean I don't have to go to parties? Excellent. And so yeah. so there was that, and um, yeah. and of course I couldn't see my grandchildren for a year. I couldn't do. You know, I have grandchildren, right? Yeah. Makes logical a sense. A couple too, right? Two? Yeah, two, two beautiful girls. Uh, oh, so sweet. Hazel and Georgia. And how old are they now? Uh, they are about to be seven and nine. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember when your first grandbaby was born. So she's right around retirement. Nine. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. She's so about cool. nine. And they're, you know... I think about what kind of world they're going to leave to Keith Richards often. Um, <laughs> nice. No, what kind of world we're leaving to them and yeah. where things are going. Uh, it's a little frightening, but, yeah. uh, but it's they're a probably a little bit more aware than, you know, we were at nine and 10 and whatever. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, we took, so they were just here a couple of weeks ago. We took them to a Katy Perry concert. She's oh. doing a, a residency here. You familiar with Katy Perry? Yes, yes. And I knew that Katy Perry was the perfect demo for my daughter-in-law, Leanne. And I said, you know, I'm grandpa. I said, would you like grandpa to get tickets for everybody to go see Katy Perry? And so you know, I did. And she was like, yeah, I'd really like to see Katy Perry. But as soon as she said yes, she then started to think about some of the lyrics of her songs <laughs> for her seven and nine-year-old. Yeah, you know. yeah. And you've had to do that too, as you raise your kids in this world. What's, uh, oh, you know, I kissed a girl and I liked it. Um, yes. Thank you, Nate. Nate has a really weird expression <laughs> on his face. <laughs> I feel like he took that picture just for that caption. Uh, Matt says, I enjoyed no traffic, no need to shave for a week at a time. I didn't shave for the last couple of days. And I said to Maura, do you want me to shave? She said, nah, I don't bother. Uh, grandparenting is awesome. Yes. Um, more, a long time. No here. Nate Robbins says Orcus misses you. Uh, you have so many fans here. They're not even going to answer the thanks. question. Uh, not having to cancel plans and feel like a jerk so I can stay home. Yes, Katie. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of there with you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Back to you. So, and you're going to, you said you wanted to interview me and ask me questions too. So we'll get to that. Yeah. But you uh, did our show for, I don't know how many years, 20, it feels like about 2008 or nine. It was, it was, uh, so Andy and I hadn't, we weren't married yet. I think we started in 98. Oh, was it that? Oh, wow. Yes. Right. Um, I was at Cairo. You guys were in the other building across the city, yep. across town. It was the 98. It was that long, but it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. And for longtime listeners of Cairo, 
I was on the air when you guys first heard me because Jane Shannon was the morning anchor, bless her soul, mm-hmm. uh, and rest in peace. Um, and I was filling, I, I would fill in for her. Whenever you filled she in go. for her. She had, she didn't pass away that long ago, did she? Not then, but she has since. She had a heart um, issue. Yeah. 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 Oh, so you were filling good. in for Jane Shannon and Joe hears you on the way in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she Joe was, goes, yeah. she had a, she had a pretty good vacation package at that point. So I was on the air frequently for her. And that's, that's, so that was two, that was 97 seven. or eight, right? Yeah. Jane Shannon by, by the way, awesome. Uh, one of my, I just, I miss her yeah. so much. One totally the, different uh, vibe than you swears like a trucker but still yeah. she was great she oh was great so on the radio good. yes you know, Shane smoker all of that stuff she good for your great. heart yes exactly. and exactly. she'd laugh too but she was yeah. she was the boss okay so you were filling in for her joe hears you yeah and how did they approach you at um my news director came up and said the guys on the rock station want you to do news for them and i had i like what who you know, and of course I'd heard of Bob, Spike and Joe, but I didn't, I was like, oh shoot, I hope they don't want me to know stuff about like the history of, you know, like sure, you know, where was Mick Jagger conceived? Cause I don't know that stuff. <laughs> so you thought, <laughs> you thought a rock news person would have to do rock news. Here's yeah, the latest. Like, What's up with Pete know. Townsend? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. So, and then that was it. The next thing I know, you guys have come over to Cairo's news studio. I remember wearing a black leather coat, which I thought was really cool at the time. So you were and, trying to impress us. Uh, yeah. I mean, I bought it down at the market and I thought it was cool. It was one of yeah, my no, things. Okay. And, I, don't mean to, and, <laughs> I don't mean to pin you down on that, but we were worried that you wouldn't like us. Well, the first words out of Spike O'Neill's mouth, he looked at me, did the up and down, the black leather coat, and he goes, animal killer. <laughs> <laughs> turned around <laughs> and I was like who is this guy all tatted up biker guy calling me an animal killer <laughs> and then and then of course we both started laughing and I was like okay these guys are these guys are great and you knew that it, we and, knew yeah, we and that you fun. were yeah. so so I mean so great so welcoming and um Joe was quiet so I felt like he was you know more reserved so I didn't get to I feel like I didn't really get to know him that well joe was like the budweiser frog on our show you know the budweiser frog just sits on the lily pad and you don't know it has a 10 foot tongue and it can grab and eat something 10 (laughs) feet away from it joe will sit there rivet rivet and then he'll come out with a with an explosive statement mild-mannered but yeah brilliant and change the whole arc of the show yeah with one sentence exactly so i don't know if i ever told you this but i had this so constructing um constructing a team of people for an improv conversation with chemistry is sort of the same whether you're doing it with the seinfeld show or whether you're doing it with all in the family or um or whether and so and i studied marketing and i was always worried like i have a i'm a dj i have a good announcer voice i can sort of be a host I studied Johnny Carson actually to practice talking to people and not sounding stupid. And, uh, but I wasn't really that funny. And so, and I wasn't that smart. You could see where this is going. And (laughs) I didn't have the kind of heart that Joe had. 
And so what I did is collect in my mind, I was collecting characters that would be really enjoyable for an audience. And the analogy I make about the time you were on the show is that I was the scarecrow. I think I'm smart. Some go this way. Some go that way. And I was just basically improving, trying to keep it interesting. Spike was the cowardly lion. Put him up, put him up, put him up. Ooh, and then, you know, he would, he would be, um, he would end up being courage, courage, courage. Oh no, they're coming to get me. And, yeah, and yeah. So, so he could act perfect as the aggressor or as the mild mannered uh, cowardly lion. And Joe was the tin man. He had a heart always, and he led with his heart. Yeah. And if something went wrong, it was breaking. The day uh, Jerry Garcia died, he cried. Not like a celebrity died. Oh, that's really tough. Like this is a big event to him. So everybody was real. And you, I'm, I'm happy to say, were Dorothy. Oh, that's so cute. I love that. I and Spike that. used to do the little dog, remember? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I do. And so it, it felt like the perfect cast from the yeah. moment you arrived. And, and and seriously, the ratings rocketed. And I did not feel guilty about this. But there was a station I wanted to beat. <laughs> was it the station across the street? It was the station that we got our free news girl from. News gal. I don't know what, I don't know what to say. These news woman. Um, but it, by the way, in rock, it was always a news girl or a news chick. You know, yeah. and she had to have a good laugh. And you have, the, of course, a wonderful uh, laugh, but it's not in any way contrived. It's like, it's earned. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember sitting in the in the news sec newsroom, news booth across you guys from you guys in the big studio. And just though, I can't believe I'm sitting here. You know, I'd like a front row seat to this. These comedic geniuses, I thought, because I came from remember where I came from. <laughs> Right. But, but you but brought us the credibility. Yeah. I mean, there was no, you, and you didn't, and it was one of the biggest challenges I ever had was in the beginning was saying what I thought about stuff. Hmm. Clearly that didn't last. That wasn't, <laughs> no, that's, that, that, you got over that hump. <laughs> got over that after a while. <laughs> to the point where we were almost uh, in yeah. fisticuffs at one point, which we'll get to. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so for us, now think about this, because I don't know if you've thought of it this way. I plotted and thought of it this way. We had that rock moniker. Yeah. We didn't have news credibility. We didn't have authority. We didn't have a team of people keeping you informed. For that, you had to tune across the dial and go to Cairo on the AM band. And so when we started with you, um, the rule was, well, we have to promote 710 Cairo Every time you come on, do you remember this? I do. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> At first I thought I didn't want to do that. And then I thought, well, maybe if I do it in a certain way, it'll be competitively to our advantage. So yeah. I said, it's, it's a Bob River show now backed by the entire newsroom yep. of the Cairo 710 newsroom. And here's Maura Gallucci. So I basically, we networked Cairo as if it was like CBS News or something. At yeah. first. And I thought, well, 
Now you don't need to go to 710 Cairo. And you know, I'm, I was thinking competitively, even though we're brothers and sisters in the same company. And, uh, and then, seriously, this was magic I did not know would happen. Then you started to speak your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Which worked for some, some of it. <laughs> it worked for all of it. Uh, but I know that it was, I know it's uncomfortable because I've been doing it and it's, it's a risk every time you stick your neck out there. Yeah. I, I remember a, a couple of things in particular. I remember a certain politician who came on our show. Oh, I remember this. You know which one I'm going to talk about? Yeah, go uh, ahead. Pat Buchanan? Is this is yeah. that the one you're thinking yeah. of too? Yeah. Pat Buchanan was running for president. By the way, I'd love to have him now compared to the unreasonable Republicans we get to choose from today. Uh, but Pat was essentially, um, I don't know what you call it without using the R word. He was worried that the Democrats... Uh, I'll answer your question in a second, Robert. He was worried that the Democrats and that the foreigners moving in were going to destroy the purity of America. He didn't call it white supremacy, but he was worried about that. And he had a book about that. And it, and I'm doing the polite interview with him. My job as an interviewer is usually to try and be somewhat impartial. Just get out of them what they want to say. Yeah. And then let Spike and Joe comment on it. And you were sitting there and you were sort of steaming in the newsroom. Well, I, I guess I kind of was. <laughs> yeah, you were. You, I'm putting this like right wing guy on and um, uh, you're not aging at all, by the way, but you still are a whiny ass live, I suppose, a little bit. I don't actually I don't think you are anymore, but get to that. So he says something and you go, excuse me, Mr. Buchanan, but isn't that a bit racist? I mean, you just basically I did. Do you I remember did. saying that? Yeah, I hadn't learned the subtle art of, of not of the interview. <laughs> the <laughs> art of not calling someone white, blatantly on their bullshit. Was, yeah, yeah, he was saying white women needed to breed more. essentially, and I was, I was, you like, were breeding age. What? And you were doing your part. I was trying, yeah. unsuccessfully at that point. But yeah, yeah, because it, it took us like five years before Finn was born. And do you know? Um, do you remember what happened? Uh yeah, he. He just, he, he made me about that tall. I don't even remember what he said, but I remember going home from the, the show that day and drinking. And I never do that. I mean, I like, I never did that before. He, he made you I day drink. Home and I went home and like cracked up. Bud Light or whatever it was. Okay. I don't know. And I was, <laughs> I, remember now, I, I don't remember that. the exact words, but I'll bet we could find the clip. If we do, we'll, we'll post it. But yeah. he basically, you had called him out. You had literally said, listen, emperor, you don't have any clothes on. This is literally what you said. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not literally, but it's analogous. And, and he, he paused for a second and then he said i think he called you young lady or something he yeah he, i think he did he mansplained and talked down to you that that is not at all what he was thinking that he is yeah and i'd like to hear his explanation now because i'm sure it was you know tap dancing of some sort but he did belittle you and and yeah. and he ended the interview and he was much better at that type of dialogue and debate hmm. because i was as, as I remembered, I was really asking the question, like, isn't that? Isn't that racist? Isn't that you racist? Could have been, you could have been like Tucker Carlson. Like, I'm just asking the question. I'm just don't, asking the question. <laughs> could that be 
considered racist by some people. Uh, and, and by the way, there is a way to ask that question. Some people might say that's racist. What do you say to them? Is the safe way for you to not be in the line of fire? Yeah, yeah. Well, too bad. Too yes. bad I didn't have that back then. <laughs> Let's get into the Wayback Machine. <laughs> exactly. So here's what happened. By the way, my admiration for you went up a mile on that day for a couple of reasons. I knew how you felt because I'd been in, I, I'd been slapped down like that. Uh, but I also... I felt that our show should be a show where it's perfectly okay to question anything. And and also a lot of people felt our show should never talk about politics. Yeah. You know, if you don't ever talk about politics, what do you talk about these days? I open the newspaper. There's nothing else. Yeah. It's um, funny because and we were we were at, together at the beginning during the, you know, first uh, or the second Gulf War you know, the shock and awe. You remember that. I mean, I how do you that. not, how do you not talk about that? And how do yeah. you not have strong feelings about that kind of stuff? You and know, that you, almost brought you and I to blows. Remember that? Yeah. Not blows. Well, not, not really. Figuratively. Figuratively. <laughs> but here's the thing. And, and, and we could talk about that now in a way we probably needed a few years to sort out. At least I did in my head. I didn't know who I was yet. Um, yeah. I knew that I was hosting a show and that I wanted to beat competitors and I wanted it to be a number one show. That was my prime directive. And I knew that I had a, because we did the whole Dorothy and uh, the cast of the Wizard of Oz thing. I knew that I had all these characters on the show. And for some reason, they were all liberal. I don't know if I've ever explained this to you this way, because we've talked about this a few times. But yeah. I knew they were all liberal. And I thought, well, how can I get a hundred share if I piss off every conservative Right. listening to the show. So without even really understanding politics much, I knew there had to be a character on the show who spoke up for conservatism, whatever it was. And to this day, whatever it is. When I was a kid, my grandfather was a Republican who ran for office. So I knew basic conservative principles, family, um, religion, uh, smaller government, fiscal responsibility, fiscal responsibility, yeah, things that are pretty much like trying to find a maple tree in the desert right now. <laughs> uh, but I knew that, you know, there were some things that I could sink into. And so what I did is I just decided for a while, well, someone's got to take that point of view, play devil's advocate, whatever. And it's yeah. not because I was a liberal pretending to be a conservative. I wasn't anything. I'm still not. Radical centrist. See that across the... Uh, I don't <laughs> want to join either team because I want to pick and choose on each individual issue. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I totally mm. get that. Yeah. So anyway, I had... At this point, I was as... I was as admired as Pat Buchanan by you because <laughs> shock and awe started and I felt someone needed to defend it on the show just for discussion purposes. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing about our group. And I've had a few people tell me this. I'm not sure I realized it fully at the time. We were like a family. We were like brothers and sisters. So if you're just kidding about something, you have to telegraph that you're just kidding. Or it might be a rough Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to get in too much. Of, that story is only a small part of things, but yeah. um, 
But that was the beginning of a family having a rough time over politics. Yeah. Can I can I bring something up that I've thought about many times in the last couple of years? Because I listen to um, Conan O'Brien's podcast frequently. I love him. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Yeah. I I listen to him. I walk around and I laugh my butt off. And the what got me hooked immediately was his relationship with his assistant Sona and how they just they go after each other and and she i mean there was one story where he was giving her so much crap about getting high at disneyland or whatever and it was just it was really hilarious and they were laughing and he was kind of needling her you know and it reminded you, might have, you me, did you think maybe she was getting pissed off um i i no i don't i don't think so okay. but but it was it was similar to what i was like you know i was like if i had had that kind of a ability or understanding at the time, it would have been a completely different. And not that it was terrible, but I think, you know, there were moments where it was like, I just don't understand. And then now I listen to those guys and I have like such warm memories of, of our show. And then also like simultaneous PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of that. Yeah. It's, well, it's a great, it's a great, I think, you know, I mean, to be not not to like put myself up there with, you know, her, him, but there was a sort of an analogy there. Yeah. No, I, I, I and we've, you know, we would have coffee years later and I would go, sorry, I was such a dick. You would go, oh, I'm over that. I'm kind of sick of politics, you know, and all the way yeah. around. And, um, yeah. and now, you know, here we are and we've watched the world get a little more divided and split. And I'm just not in favor of any of that. In fact, without being, I'm not super religious, but we're both Catholic upbringing. Yeah. And I was taught you got to love one another. I was, there ain't no way the Jesus Christ that my parents paid so much for me to learn about at St. Mary's, you know, um, it, it was, what, what grades was it? I was in uh, Catholic school from first grade to eighth grade. Wow. And then they decided he's a lost cause. We're not paying for high school. <laughs> oh, my mom was like, I'm going to sell my pearls if I can get you guys to go to Gonzaga. <laughs> she did. Oh, yeah. So you did. You went I to did, Catholic yeah. high school? Yeah. Went Catholic, yeah. Anyway, the whole way I understand um, religion is that it's about the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. And uh, love thy neighbor as thyself. Yes, I think that's it. That, that's and, a good one. Yeah. And, and the 10 commandments and all of this. And like, none of those apply to any politics. Now it's do what you can to present the other side as a threat to humanity. And, and all that we hold dear seems to be, you know, it's, yeah, it's about keeping, hanging on to the power yeah. is basically what it looks like yeah. from, from the outside. Cause I'm not, I'm kind of like you, I don't really, I just, I got to turn it off cause it's just gotten really like you say, really worse, even than it was, you know, back, back in the day. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so, having said that, <laughs> uh -oh. a small part of you must be, must have really enjoyed the news bulletin about Tucker Carlson the other day. Um, you know what? Yes. And I don't care at the yeah. same time. Cause I don't, I never watched him. And I'd only, the only time I ever would hear about him would be when 
one of the people would be like, did you hear what he said? And you know how bad he is and everything. And so I was like, I, you know, I, I'm sure he's going to show up and he's probably going to make millions on his own, you know, platform. But it's not right? a huge, so it isn't a huge thing in your life. You didn't even gloat. You didn't even have that uh, Trump derangement, uh, you know, by the way, Spike is going to be joining us shortly. This is perfect timing. Good? Just We just started talking a, a little bit about <laughs> politics, which neither of us care about that much these days. Uh, let's see if we can bring Spike. Yeah. Spike O'Neill, turn your phone sideways. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We got the high tech uh, big thing going. I know, did you, right? Did you just finish the? Uh, did you just finish the impaler's practice? I did. Uh, for anyone listening, where are they? Where can they see you this weekend? We're in the claw, baby. Party in the claw. Enum claw. The chalet. Nice. Okay. Party in the claw. I'm coming. By the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, congratulations first off. And I think it's more than you should share with the group, but, um, <laughs> I mean, it's an exciting show, but I don't know if it's all that. Okay. It's okay. Um, She's an animal killer still. So it's no problem. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still sporting my leather, man. Okay. Um, uh, no, I'm coming to see the show in Enum Claw and I'm bringing, I'm kidding. bringing, I'm bringing our executive producer, Dave. And oh my God, Andy. this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, wow. The reason I mention it is, can you get us on the guest list? <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> you bet all right so uh more and i have been having a really fun discussion she's only got seven or eight minutes left so what? this is your time with maura yeah she's got to take uh is it finn to bridget. something uh, oh, bridget. 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 tonight i gotta get her and both both the boys who drive are out of town or out of andy's out of town and finn's gone somewhere so and she says she'll how, come back how again. How old is yeah. Finn, by the way? How old? Finn Don't is, mind my asking. Finn's eighteen. He's oh just just a little bit younger than Darby, right? About to graduate. Yeah. Knock on wood. And a football Congrats, player. Congratulations! Yeah. Yeah, and Bridget's sixteen, and uh, yeah. both great. How are How are you guys? Um, my family is wonderful. <clears throat> Excuse me. I my voice quit it up at, at practice because I've been talking too much, and it's a bit it's of a concern for the impalers. Yeah, so. Um, we're doing really, really well. Um, Ryan is um, living in Capitol Hill with a really nice young man. Um, and, I ran into uh, Ryan, and I almost didn't recognize her. I'll tell you both this. I did not recognize her. And <clears throat> she said, Maura, we were wearing masks. <clears throat> but Maura, and I said, yeah. And she, it's Ryan O'Neill. And she was managing. <clears throat> the, the, the salon, right? The salon. And she yeah. comped me. But she's so gorgeous. So oh, beautiful. Sweet. It was so Thanks. good to see her. So, well, yeah. All grown up. <laughs> You're totally. sweet to say. Yeah. And Darby's are finishing up their freshman year at Cornish uh, College of the Arts here in Seattle. Spent just one semester in the art program before she said, Dad, can I switch to musical theater? I'm, oh. glad, she had, I'm, I'm glad she had the stones to, uh, <clears throat> to not waste two years of the art program before she decided she wanted to be musical theater. So that was good. Uh, they're doing extremely well. I keep saying they. Because we are a non-binary, gender-fluid, pronoun pronoun workshop kind of a family. And I couldn't be prouder. And I will say this. I didn't say this on the air at Cairo, but I want to share it with you guys. Because I actually care about you guys more than I care about the audience at Cairo. Um, so, you do know that um, people can hear this, right? Not the, not a, nobody I'll important. It. I'll take it. Thank you. I know you only have 12 viewers. It's fine. Let me, sure. let me sh shut up. Let me share this. So Darby is a freshman, and there is a program, part of the theater program, where the 
students have to write an original production, original like black black box theater, you know, a play. And it's acted by students. It's, it's you know, written, directed, staged, light, sound, everything, all by students, of course. And uh, they, they cast it with students. And Darby was the lead in this little one, you know, this 12, you know, 12 scene, three act play in the black box. But Darby was playing the male lead and had a love scene with a young trans girl playing the female lead. And it was it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Um, aside from somebody's touching somebody's touching my kid ten foot yeah. from me, that was hard to do. But you know, and and I didn't I, and I didn't say this on Cairo because just out of personal family privacy. And I know that there are a lot of people who enjoy this podcast, Bob. I don't mean to diminish it. No, no, no. But I know was, what you're saying. You're not. It's what, not what material a, yeah. for you to share that way. There, yeah. There's still a lot of the I call them the dirty dozen, the people that text me every day that Dory's spinning in his grave. And that uh, Dor- this is a dishonor to Dory's audience. And, and, and ironic that we're going to honor Dory at the end of this conversation. By yeah, the way, we well, have to save a few uh, minutes for that. I, I, res- I respect that people love what they love and, you know, uh, are comfortable but in what they already politics. know. that's politics. Dory was it is, a it is, it religious is. man, a kind soul. Maura? Yep. Father, loved, father loved husband, too, coach, right? man. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, keep going. I I I, I had to put war those with, disclaimers in there. So. No, I, I appreciate yeah. that. I go, I go to. I don't say I go to war every day. I don't, but every day I deal with folks who who still want the comfort and reassurance that Dory gave them on a daily basis. And I said, you know, I I loved him as much as you did, and you know he loved me as much as I loved him. So I really can't imagine that he's spinning in his grave, because I've I've got an opportunity to converse with his audience. So that's kind of how I frame it, and you know. Well, anyway, I, anyway, you asked how the kids were, and I wanted to share that with you because I'm so uh, beyond. That's proud. wonderful, heartwarming uh, yeah. story. And, and so Melissa, I, I have some advice for you, some personal yeah. advice though. No matter how much they offer you to do talk, uh, don't move to Texas. Bridget, Bridget, can I can I tell you really quick? She's telling yeah, me yeah. we have to go. Hi, oh, hi Bridge. Oh my <laughs> God. Quick uh, last moment about Dory. We're going to play a clip of Dory, which was his last interview. More, I'll send you a link so you can watch please it. Please do. Yeah, uh, please do. But, I, but before, I, know you, I know you've got to walk out, more. but can I ask you to please come back to Cairo and work and, and work again? Because they so desperately need your talent and your view Aww. on life and your personality. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'll talk. This is an I'll, excellent I'll time to put your agent's phone can number I be with, on the Can I work with you, Spike? Yes, I would go there to work with you. I <laughs> so, want to work um, at Cairo. I was like, if there was any way I would want to do it, it would be working with that oh, right there. You're very kind. You're very kind. I miss you. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, uh, Maura, you know call me. Reason. Call me. I know a great agent. You just you agreed too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. God bless you. I love Likewise. you. Love Likewise. you too. Love you too. Talk yeah. to you soon. I'm uh, off. To, how about uh, in two weeks? Can we do this again in two weeks? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I'm okay. off to the pitch. And, We'll talk more about podcasting. Goodbye. Goodbye. There goes more Gallucci. All right. Whoops. Uh, Okay. Hey, brother. There you are. You missed a a fun conversation. I'm sure. I'm so sorry about the timing tonight. Oh, it's okay. Maura has been thinking of streaming and podcasting. Really? And um, I... uh, She was like, could you tell me, you know, just advice on equipment and stuff. She's already got, you know, a fine little basement room. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, you should practice on our show. That's what Spike did. <laughs> That's what I did. Totally yeah. completely. But I also yeah. thought, 
if she, if if she could fill in at Cairo now and then, boy, would they love to have her? I'm sure. Yeah. Well, there, there's there's a real um, per, there's a personnel. They're looking for they're looking for a a, a lead reporter, a number one reporter. Oh, in town. she could yeah, do her but, real gig. She really. I, I wasn't kidding. When, you know, they, mm. they've put a they've put a national search out. Do you know about her? Are there people there who remember her that well? Because um, I'm sure there are, and I'm sure okay. even if they don't, just her. Uh, and, and, and meeting this Lord podcast Lucy, is turning into fa- Cairo's farm system, you know. <laughs> I love it. And and I should uh, take this moment to mention that I'll be on with you and Jack Friday at two. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That and you guys great. have invited me to come on once a week, which I think yeah. is a career mistake, but I, uh, <laughs> I'm happy to take it. Uh, yeah. I have news for you. I will be in Seattle. I, you know, somebody kind of mentioned that to me today. And I said, you know, I'm not sure if that's supposed to be a surprise. So why don't you shut your mouth and I'll uh, forget you said anything, but I'm really, really, really glad to hear that. That wasn't just a, no, it wasn't it wasn't a plan that was made and needed to be changed because I respect no, no. that that often happens. No, and um, no. I will be there because um, Lisa needed a new car and I bought it from Toyota of Puyallup. Even though I don't live there anymore, no, nope, I, I hear you, man. I love Kerry Sawyer and John yep, yep. Martinez and yep. Matt. Same so same much. people that we had relationships with ten years ago. That's right. So they're there. still there. Yeah. So I said I got to buy it at Toyota Puyallup. So I'm flying in tomorrow. What I was hoping is maybe I could do that 20 minutes with you live. I would love that. I would love that. And we do you let me in we, the building. Yeah, of course. Come on. So we, we can, um, let me say this though, to you, there's been a COVID uh, outbreak at the station. I lick door Seriously. handles trying to get me COVID. too. Me yeah. too. <laughs> My doctor even said, he even said, get it out of the way while these not that bad uh, variants, variants are yeah. out there. Because yeah. who knows, it could be a worse variant. Uh, I've been unable to get it. I had uh, 10 esophageal cancer Zoom group uh, support group patients living at our house for seven days. Uh, Nobody got you sick. And no, one of them got terribly ill with it on the way home, exposed us all. Oh, wow. Didn't get it. Uh, you know, we went to certain <clears throat> de Soleil. I've ridden, ridden the Chicago Transit Authority at 5 p.m. on a Friday afternoon. Jesus. Either I'm you asymptomatic. You got mugged twice. You mugged twice, but no COVID. Sure. It doesn't yeah. happen. So anyway, all right. Now that you're here, um, we'll talk a little bit about Dory before we play that clip. I, do you yeah. have a – you don't have a, a hard out. We've been no, going no, 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 okay. no, no. We've been going for how long? 46 minutes. You're 46, yeah. Okay. The, you're going to play the Dory interview at the end of this or come back? I'm going to play the Dory interview at the end. Okay. Uh, and for folks that uh, saw the tease but don't know, in the last few days of our show, as I was retiring, Dory Monson came over and did the kindest visit to our show of just about anybody. In fact, I'm I not, re- I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm opening the door for my dog. Go open the door for your dog. Sure. Thank you, my friend. Sorry. Uh, and after Dory passed away, um, which was shortly after my surgery in, in December, and it was really one of the sad things about recovering from surgery myself because I had looked forward to him visiting Vegas. And he had called me a week or two before. And the last thing he said to me was, can you give me Spike's contact info? And I took that to mean... That even though we have our political differences, and that may be a Grand Canyon 
uh, yeah. chasm wide. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't trust Evil Knievel to get across some of these chasms, but yeah. Sure. Uh, you and I differ on that a little bit. I'm a radical centrist, but I, mm-hmm. I relate to you as much as I related to Dory about um, passionately speaking as an advocate, which is the role he took, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, if, and and doing the best you can for your city and your people and your audience. And anyway, that the last thing he said was, can I reach out to Spike? And I thought, wow. So Dory knows that Spike's, you know, kind of leaning a hard left and wants to just mentor him the way he mentored me. And I thought, yeah. I thought, well, that'll be good for Spike because you know, <laughs> he wears it harshly on his sleeve sometimes. And it's all not the most important thing in life that, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. anyway, so I, I thought that and then, and then boom, uh, suddenly Dory was gone. And a few weeks later, you know how YouTube and all these social media sites, stuff pops up on your feed. These algorithms know you better than your mother ever knew you. Yeah, ain't that the truth? <laughs> we think Spike bought this, this, and this, and he watched this, this, and this. We think he should see this. And the algorithms are often quite right, except emotionally, when I saw that thing, oh, it's an interview with Dory. I thought, I'm not ready to see that. And I haven't been ready to see it. And so I kind of ignored it. And then last week, you and Jack had me on. And I was very nervous, by the way. I, I don't have chops. I don't have game. I don't have skills. I do not know talking points. I, you know, I feel like a Dr. Seuss rhyme in there somewhere. But <laughs> <laughs> you are. Uh... You you had to be you had to keep it a hundred you had to keep it a buck because you didn't you didn't know how to make stuff up yeah and yeah, so yeah. and so but but I thought that that was very kind of you it sort of reminded me of when we used to have Pat O'Day on you know and he would come in and I thought well this I'll not your fault exactly yeah. <laughs> so anyway so right after I was on with you guys and it was fun you know I've listened I listened to you not every day but every couple of days I listened to your show sometimes for two or three hours. And you guys get better and better. And friends of mine who know Dory, uh, who are passionate Dory fans, say, you know, because they want to not like you, but they say, and one of them's listening to this right now, and I know he'll text me. Spike brings a lot to the table. That's a very kind thing to say. It's a yeah. very flattering compliment. And so anyway, right after I did that quick... um you know, visit with you guys for 20 minutes. That thing popped up on YouTube, Dory Monson. And I watched the interview with Dory and, I, I, and it was so heartwarming. He knew he was on our show. So there was very little politics and he really came in to tell us how much he and his family loved the show and you know, and just do this warm and fuzzy. And we had to find a way to make it funny to, because that's our brand. Do you remember this interview? You haven't seen it yet. Um, I, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I'm going to watch it today with you. What follows is 11 minutes of people really smiling at each other and having a good time. And um, it was interesting. What is They Are Tom and Curly for the Cool Kids? Who who put that up there? That would be a oh, that's you uh, and Jack. I hope I hope that's what he means. What does that's that what mean? 
Um, Tom and and Curly used to um, used to go at each other pretty good from different points of view. Um, and I mean, which they, they Tom were, are we talking about? Um, God, I'm going to blow Tom's last name. Tutler. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. One of the Cairo uh, news yeah, guys. Right? Yeah. Okay. It was, yeah, it yeah. was because it was Tom Hutler, and Curly. I think, before, yeah, I remember yeah, hearing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then he moved on to, to other things, and Sherry Elliker joined John. Okay. I love so, Sherry. Yeah, I do, too. I like, a, I like John a lot, too. Uh, I, just, I like Sherry a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We, um, we actually had John on yesterday. On Jack and I invited John to come on. It's been a pretty contentious month because of the state legislature and the national legis um, legislat legislation it's hard politics there. it's hard time it, for it politics. is yeah and it's and it's divisive i mean the state the washington just banned uh, assault weapons this week fought for and finally after seven years the the you know left-leaning democratically controlled washington legislation passed an assault weapons ban Jack so wait a minute. Let me guess. The other it. side is portraying it as the liberals are destroying democracy and destroying, well, destroying you know, your freedom. Yeah. destroying your Second Amendment freedoms because sure, you sure, can't sure. buy because you can't buy any gun you want to. And Jack and I have had some wonderful, spirited discussions on this. Now Jacqueline's right a bit. Yeah, yeah. But he's and pretty darn reasonable. He's a reasonable guy. Mm. Um, and so we had John on. Um, and it wasn't, and it, I, 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 I love it. In other words, it, you wanted it, to, but look, we, Moira yeah, and I were discussing yeah. this, putting a show together. If it's going to be a good show and not a mean show, it's going to, it's going to respect all points of view. So you brought him on to respect his yeah, point of view. Yeah. And, and yeah. And it was John and Jack against me, basically, because they're both, they both. Well, I like the mods. I like the mods too. I think it did. Yeah. Okay. It was, you know. Uh, what know, is, I, left, uh, I left battered and bruised, but I left. So can you play devil? I know I'm the one who likes playing devil's advocate, but what are the valid points against restricting those freedoms? Um, for, as far as assault weapons go, that the vast majority of gun violence is perpetrated by guns that aren't in aren't assault weapons. In other words, assault it's weapons. it's yeah. a solution yeah. to a problem that doesn't exist. Well, not I would counter that it problem does exist, and I, I know I, you would counter. I, I, it. I was just they also no. I, I hear I hear you, and I will, and I will. You hear I what won't. I'm saying, which is I, which I is do. Yeah, to, to um, the, we report, you decide. Right? Yeah, boy, that that didn't play well, did it? Um, so <laughs> we we bullshit. You decide. Yeah. Um, so no, but the other argument is that um, gun laws don't affect criminals, and that and they're both such valid points. The fact that handguns portray much a a much more um, horrific of uh, threat to America yeah. than assault weapons do. But but yeah, if the gun industry were an industry, mm -hmm. and it is, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> that would be what you would expect them to lobby was was that this is a bad idea. Just like if a woman gets up and reports that she was raped, you would expect them to attack her character. I mean, it is part of our free speech system. It, it, is, it is. It is that spin spin is nothing new. No, God, no. Um, my my counter to those things were, were um, no one this this projected slippery slope of all guns hmm. has been a a phantom straw man argument for fifty plus years, and it, and it still isn't coming true today. And I said, luckily, you still have over twenty five thousand other guns to choose from in your right to defend yourself. All those twenty five thousand straw men you just put up. Yeah. Your army wins. Well, no. <laughs> well, but my my main my main argument about this assault weapons yes. ban, and, and I know most people disagree with my point of view, at least on my show. No, 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 um, no, no. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I think 
35% strongly agree, 35% strongly disagree, and the rest of us wish you'd be more polite to each other so we have time to think about it. <laughs> Fair enough. That is the radical um, centrist point of view, by the way. My, my argument against the assault weapons is it's, it's an efficiency argument. It's a, you know, you can defend yourself without shooting something that literally tears the insides out of your assailant. That, that it's designed to actually to do nothing short of kill people efficiently. I said, I've got a right to drive. I don't have a right to drive a tractor down the freeway or, or drag straight on the freeway. If you're in Vermont. You, know, you, <laughs> you do. All of that is. And I'll push back with, you know, what if you, as all your other rights are infringed? Right. But as soon as you say stuff like that, then the bullet points literally, isn't it ironic that they're called bullet yeah, points? Yeah, 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 exactly. It is. <laughs> so it for is. your bullet, for every bullet point you have, there's a bullet point in the other direction. Absolutely. And the radical centrist question would be, what do you get done by keep putting your hot hand on that particular hot stove in that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what they got done, hopefully, I point to the example of when assault weapons were banned on a federal level. And the, the huge diminish of shootings with these type weapons, you know, there was a drop off in gun violence. And as soon as the ban was lifted or expired, it was increased again, you know. Yeah. But and, and the argument then becomes, well, we're, we're a different culture. We're more violent culture. We're more divided culture. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, there are lots of great arguments in favor they of this, really by are. the way. They and really technically, I'm, I am in favor of that. And I, even my friend who works at a, at a gun manufacturing plant, I don't think cares about that one issue. It's about if you let the camel's toe in the tent just a little bit, the next thing you're dealing with a whole camel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's uh, not a lack about a 15 years ago. Remember that? Uh, it's a high-capacity camel. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, can, uh, <laughs> that can spit at you at 30, 30 spits a minute hmm. or a second. By the way, B. Thompson says, Spike and Jack are great together. Sounds like they have fun, too. It really does. You guys are oh, jealous in an amazing way. They are <laughs> the Tom sweet. and Curly for the cool kids. I now get that. Thank you, Joseph. And uh, we don't need assault weapons, says Lou. Well, Lou, thank you for studying up on all the best arguments. <laughs> I and I do, and I'm I'm I know I'm busting your balls a little bit, but there are there it's there are certain things like abortion and gun laws and just, yeah, I mean there's 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 hot button issues that we that are used to divide us as a nation. Well, yeah. and in addition to that, the conversation never seems to get anywhere because whichever side someone's on they hang on that side and yeah, uh yeah. And it's it's a difficult and by the way that'd be the hardest part of doing talk radio for me because yeah. I, I there's a bunch of stories i just i have no interest in talking about but here's one you might have fun with tucker carlson um yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure how i feel about that yet i really am not sure that's good be, um yeah i mean the guy from what i understand it's more prevent them than reactionary the, from all the stuff that's coming out in the last couple of days and you have to weigh everything that comes out with a grain of salt. Ironically, by the yeah. way, uh, well, first I'm going to give someone else's joke, then I'll give you one of mine. Uh, this female comedian on Facebook said, ironically, the party that is so against gender affirmation surgery just cut off their own dick. Oh, Desi Lydak. Yeah. It's from, from you, the, you saw the, that. Oh, you kidding me? I yeah. tried to get it. I tried to play it on air. Jack wouldn't have it. <laughs> ironically, um, the ironically. The company that wants you all to freely buy assault weapons just got rid of its loose cannon. <laughs> That's mine. Um, yeah, you know, the, from what I'm hearing, though, it's it's the it's the stuff that was redacted, all, all the stuff that came out in the um, Dominion voting machine uh, lawsuit 
before they even went to trial, all the all the, the disclosure stuff, the you know, discovery, I should say, all the discovery evidence, all the emails and texts and whatnots that were so damning to Fox News, the stuff that was blacked out was is is so far worse for Fox's image and for Tucker. In other Carlson. words, we don't know it yet, and we may never. Know. Yeah, yeah, and and from what I'm hearing, that the 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 firing of Tucker was not just that you cost me a billion dollars, you and your cohorts. But you're you're about to cost me far far more. So it's eight hundred million so far with yeah. more lawsuits pending. It'll be over a yeah. billion dollars. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it'll be it'll maybe be as much as two or three billion, because Smartmatic, the next voting machine lawsuit, is a bigger. It's it's bigger a than Dominion. Billion bigger oh, than yeah. a million. Okay. Dominion. Yeah. So so when you first heard that, by the way, it it shocked me. Um, I was sitting yeah. with a bunch of. Well, uh, I didn't. I didn't believe it. I was sitting with a bunch of radio programmers, by the way, legendary radio programmers. One of them was the president of Westwood One Programming for, I think, wow. decades. One of them was a guy named John Sinton, who created the Air America Network, the liberal network that did, wow. he hired Janine Garofalo, um, Al Matt Franken, Maddow. Yes. Literally yeah. oh, discovered yeah. Mark Marin and, and Rachel yep. Maddow. And yep. so these were really, uh, I was hanging with a bunch of libtards, and, and they, when this happened, I didn't see any gloating. I mean, not maybe a tiny bit. Yeah, tiny bit. But, tiny bit. but there were there were smiles, not frowns. I'll say but that. what it was is, what does this mean? And I think it means what it's always meant. It means um, you you can get canceled if you're uh, if you work for a corporation. They have every right to cancel you anytime they don't think it's in their best interests to keep you. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think the worry with Tucker Carlson was with sexual harassment allegations, all these texts that showed he wasn't a team player. Because at Fox, you're on the team. You're on mm -hmm. team right wing. Mm -hmm. And you are sort of expected to further the company's brand. Just like Rachel Maddow would you know, further MSNBC's brand. And so um, the fact that he was bad-mouthing people uh, in a reckless way, and who knows what those texts are that we haven't yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah, uh, But But still, at the end of the day, there, there, those were 805 million reasons, but you only needed the 800 million reasons. Um, when, <laughs> when he was on, uh, you probably saw the study because this is your job, but they charged quite a premium for his advertising mm -hmm. but when you subtract 800 million from how long he was on yeah they've lost money <laughs> they've lost money on him yeah so yeah. so honestly in the at the end of the day remember when tom Likas was on the buzz yes and of course. he he used to do caller abortions yeah and he used to tell people who had women that they had a problem with that you know uh smack that bitch or something like that i mean he used to yeah. say things like that and none of that was a problem because he was number one adults 2554 in Seattle afternoon drive. I liked the guy. I didn't like the show or the shtick, but he was a sweet, nice guy and yeah, very nice I to we us. got to go to his house and meet his wife. Yeah. Number and one, he was a consummate gentleman, doter but, of his wife. But I was, conf I was conflicted. It wasn't yeah. his wife. It was his girlfriend because he never, oh, 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 was, okay. Oh, okay. never married the bitch. No, <laughs> yeah, like it's one one. Sorry, I don't forgot. spend more than forty dollars yeah. on a first date. Do you remember all those things? I can't yeah. remember. You know. And you know, at the end of the day, 
Uh, it's a great act. And Tucker Carlson documentedly lied about many things and then never got caught for them mm-hmm. because he was on to the next 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. It's just like Dr. Oz, who had miracle cures. And, mm. You know, this isn't about politics. It's about your long-term credibility. So he had a hit record that got burned out. Now, yeah. will he be back? More thought. Oh, he'll be back and doing great. I have no idea. I do know this. Yeah. I wouldn't go against billionaires. Yeah. Uh, they too tend to make the best moves. That's how they get to be billionaires. Yeah. Yeah. And I also look at, you know, everybody thought when O'Reilly was let go that he'd come back bigger and stronger somewhere else and bring up another brand to that level. And he didn't. He's I've enjoyed his podcast channel. once or twice. Yeah. 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 And it's, and, you know, Fox will go on and rage and still do what they do much longer than anybody that's in any chair they own. They'll find the next huge yeah, star. Yeah, they will. It and everyone's been, big... yeah. everyone's been more efficient and more dangerous than the last. Yeah. yeah. It was, do you, you think know, of Mar- Mar- Maria Bartiromo? Do you think that uh, the money honey believe, is? I, I can't believe she's still there. If, if you base it on the liability they caused for the company by what they said on air, which has been proven that they, even they knew it wasn't true. And Lou, jo- Lou Dobbs was ejected immediately. Right, I think, right. Marti- uh, I think Maria Bartiromo is being saved for the Smartmatic settlement. That was my theory. Maybe, maybe. Although, do you think Smartmatic will settle or go to court? Everybody will settle. Here, um, it, it, yeah, and, and you said earlier, that's what lawyers want you to think. They've said they won't settle. They want, they want the testimony on, on, the, on the witness stand. But, you know, money changes everything. Quote, at the end of the day, Sidney Lauper. Yeah, at the end of the day, these guys don't want to set precedent for freedom of speech law, which right now is very generous to yes. billionaire corporations. Right now, yes. you have to prove actual malice or complete total disregard. And I'm paraphrasing because I'm not a lawyer. Uh, and those things are a really steep hill to climb. So yeah. if, if, uh, if this case were decided in court, by the way, I, I've read that there would have been a much smaller dollar settlement. In, the court wouldn't have awarded the whole thing. Well, it could have, but they probably would have set precedent with the law, and that would affect all companies going forward. And it would have had it would have reined them in. Instead, and this kind of is America. It's America I like. Um, corporations rein themselves in and and come up with corporate policies so that doesn't happen again for at least a little while. <laughs> so yeah. make lots yeah. of money again till we forget by the next shiny thing yeah, yeah. so anyway yeah. all right so how are you doing other than all of that um i am uh, it's funny i've i i think i caught covid two weeks ago you didn't test um, i didn't test because i didn't want to miss a shift and it was at cairo and, uh, anyway it was that it was at cairo everybody at cairo was staying home so it's like going to live sick. with other um um uh, what do you call them other uh, people leper it's like going lepers, to live with other lepers, lepers. Yeah, yeah yeah well you know there, um i i wanted to just keep doing this show and building a you know a rhythm with with jack and um and there was nobody in the building so i felt safe i could go in and be with it and I, and but a couple nights i had you know really sweaty with sweat while i slept and Today at practice for the band, um, my my voice just quit, mm. and I think it's I think it's uh, that I you got gotta, sick a couple weeks ago. You got to rest. Yeah, yeah. Big Saturday night gig. It's Friday night. Don't it's come Friday on night. Saturday. The Saturday night show is very slow and and quiet. You got to rest. Friday night. I know. It's a good thing you do don't have a job Friday. where you use your voice. Well, <laughs> last time we played, I was doing both shows. I was doing twelve to three and seven to ten. And I, I totally failed at rehearsal. 
Um, but that Saturday night when we played, I, it was stellar. I was rested and ready to go. And I hadn't talked for three straight hours prior to rehearsal like I did today. So Tim says warm honey spike. Yeah. I think they're going to fire. Is that, is that a barter room? Is that a Bart Romo comment? Warm that's, honey? The money that's honey? ringing, even though I have the ringer off. That's so strange. Who's calling? You heard um, that. Thank you. Thank you for the tip. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, warm honey and throat coat and all the things that you're supposed to do to take care of your throat. Right, remember right, the right. time we played? Remember the time we played the uh, Edmund Center for the Arts? I had such a bad cold. I was doing Red Bulls and I was I was I drank a whole bottle of Robitussin during the show and chased it with Red Bull. That was one of the weirdest nights that we ever had. All right. Be careful with your voice. Um, I will. I will. Thank it's, you. It's actually more important than the family jewels at this point of your life. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, sorry. I, the family jewel. jewel. Yeah, the last one. <laughs> and, that, and that thing ain't making nobody any money from here on. Uh, I wonder what percentage well of people listening know exactly what that meant. <laughs> We're both cancer survivors. Yeah, man. Uh, testicular cancer. Boy, I remember that. It was, yeah. uh, it was the last... Um, it was the last time in the ring for those jewels before uh, yeah. your surgery that Darby was conceived, right? That's right. They told me on Monday I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. I had surgery on Thursday to remove the tumor. And the, between those two days, Melissa and I conceived Darby. I, I was going to call her Jack or Rose because it was the one that didn't go down with the Titanic, but we like Darby. <laughs> so That's a great Irish name. All right. Um, well, all right. I know you got a lot to do, and I'm grateful for your voice as it is um i appreciate this window of of a chance to speak to you and everybody that still cares so it's and i'm gonna really really kind of recruit more of for every couple of weeks if if she wants to join us oh to have dorothy back with you know the lion the tin man and the (laughs) scarecrow well i thought joe was going to join us tonight what happened uh he it's his last um was it what does he coach volleyball or badminton 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 Badminton. yeah because that's the That's the most rough and tumble sport that Joe would want to coach, I think. Badminton. Yeah, it's a, the blood the blood sport that is bad. Yeah. yeah. All right, Red Bull, Robitussin, and syrup. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, to set this up, do you remember this interview? I don't. It's been oh, perfect. You know, um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to watching it. When I clicked on it, when the algorithm gods said you should watch this, I had no idea what was coming, and I had avoided it for months. Um, because I wasn't ready. And I also worried that if it was anything not great about it, I wouldn't want to know, you know, yeah, yeah. if it was like rough politics or something, but I, I should know better. Dory, Dory, when he was on our show, did our show. And, you know, I visited his show a couple of times and I clearly removed all doubt, as they say, by speaking. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but he was always kind. And, um, this video, as, uh, as Dave has mentioned, one of the most viewed videos on Bob River show at Bob River show, if you go to YouTube, um, since his passing and it is really a beautiful thing. And I, I know it's been a little bit of a while, but I do hope that some of you enjoy this. How do I play it? Uh, let, let me bring our executive producer, Dave on. How do I play it, Dave? Uh, you just click the uh, the video like it's a guest here. I'm the thing that says Dory video, and that'll take up yeah. the whole screen, or it'll push us to the side? Uh, no, it'll be to the side, and we'll get to see your reactions. Oh, that's nice. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, You're go. ready to go home. All right, here we go. Whoops. Oh. I'd like him to stand up. I have not seen him in a while. Stand up there, Dory. 
Jory's looking very svelte. Look yeah, I try. That. I do what I can, Bob. <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm here to do a 3010 weight loss for life commercial. <laughs> With Spike and Joe. That's right. We do. We kid you about commercials, but we like to do all those commercials. Really? We love commercials. I didn't you know, know that about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know that uh, I, I saw an inspirational speech once by um, Paul Harvey <laughs> where he said it was time for radio stations to stop with the songs in a row business yeah. and start saying how much they love their advertisers because the advertisers are the lifeblood of your relationship. Of course, it's the only the, reason we have jobs. It's the only reason we have jobs. And, and the other thing is, though, that their relationship with their customers is what's important. Like, for example, uh, and early on with Paul Harvey, he, you know, turned me on to Bose Radio. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, I'm like, this is a fantastic radio. Uh, but I, I would more like it if I knew that he had one at his house. Yeah. No, so it, having you in this morning, I would like to know. <laughs> just do you really take, shop at Cabbage, et cetera? Take me on a tour of your house starting in your driveway. Oh, man. And I need you to mention every oh, cool thing. The first thing I do is I look up at my Jorvi roof. <laughs> and then you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. And then I walk inside and no, I. No, 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 don't, don't bypass the gutter helmets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On gutter your gutter helmets, of course. Yeah. Of course, they keep, they keep the leaves and needles out. Right. Sure, yeah. they do. You bet they do. And, and by the by. Fence. By the way, we you, listen enough so we can yeah. probably do this as for you. But you I drive, want Dory to give us the well, tour. Uh, yeah. He skipped it. He's already inside the house. I mean, when you mm. drive up that beautiful uh, concrete driveway, well, I'm not sure who put that in for you. <laughs> but I know that your pet's in the yard because of the invisible fence. The invisible fence. Absolutely. So you know you're amongst friends. We're fans. Then my milk. Guard doors and windows. I look hey, through those uh, beautiful, uh, yeah. made for the Northwest. They keep uh, warmth in and crack yeah. heads out. They I think we've probably gone far enough here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what your lovely wife is wearing. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I auditioned for every one of those commercials. <laughs> and I got them all. Yeah. That's right. When Pedro asked me, uh, he said, what song do you, uh, do you want played when you come in? And when I was driving in here, I, I was thinking about you guys and your show. And I was thinking how long you've been on top in Seattle radio. And one of my favorite lines in a Billy Joel song is in that song, Angry Young Man, where one of the lines is, I found that just surviving was a noble fight. Wow. And I love that line, but I was thinking about that line regarding you guys as I was driving in, because you've been doing this for 25 years in Seattle, right? Mm, 25 years uh, with the three of us. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. I found that Just Surviving was a noble fight, so that was the song that I was thinking about driving in, coming to talk to you, and then when Pedro, I didn't know he needed a song for my intro, but uh, that's the one I mentioned. But it was mm -hmm. my, my little tribute to you guys because you've survived on top for so long here. Thank you, Dory. Yeah. That's nice. You. It's very ironic to me that you're the first person who's not coming in plugging a website and actually selling a product. No, no, no. <laughs> that's here for you guys. <laughs> that's here for you. <clears throat> that's very sweet. Now, uh, I've told the story before that you and I sat in a trailer at a remote. Yes. At a Toyota dealership, and not yes. my favorite Toyota dealership, right. but another one. It's a fine Toyota dealership. On a rainy, dark Saturday. It was a late rainy, afternoon. dark Saturday, and I and I walked in, and you um, took the time to just sit with me and talk to me about your job and what you were doing, because you were doing talk radio, and I, I, I didn't you. 
Weren't you on Como for a while, too? No, it's on King 1090. You were a 1090. Sports, that was it. K-I-N-G. Yeah. Sports guy at King. Yeah, I was the sports guy. Yeah, I did a, uh, I did a weekend sports talk show. Yeah. That I talked them into it because they had no ratings on the radio station, and they said it can't hurt. So can't hurt. It's so bad that we should just put him on. Exactly. And it'll be fine. Yeah. It's another That's, thing I auditioned for, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you audition for that, yeah, too? No, yeah. I still remember the guy telling me. <laughs> no, sorry. All right. And you, uh, anyway, you were very kind because I, at the time, I was very nervous. I was like, "Well, how, I'm going to be very nervous." And you, you said something to me that I never forgot. You said, "Yes, you will be nervous. Yes, you will have." And you used the word "flop sweat." Mm-hmm. Remember flop sweat? Oh yeah. Yes. Tell people what flop sweat is. Flop sweat is uh, what I get about 11:59 every every you still morning. Still get it? Now you know yeah. I'm I'm always paranoid, and I you know like <clears throat> you guys, I way over prepare for the show. I always assume that the internet's going to go down and that all the phone lines are going to crash. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure I have enough to do a three-hour show mm-hmm. with absolutely no tools. And, and it's just paranoia that drives that. But it, you know, you just don't because, in you other words, and by the way, I've heard even like Madonna. Not to compare you to Madonna. Mm-hmm. I think you, you know, she auditioned for a lot of those things. You got all those products. Yeah, but I have a much better helmet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Madonna used to say, uh, and you, you, Madonna's your jam. Madonna used to say that she was nervous before she went on stage, even at the height of her fame, because there was a certain amount of, um, it's good to be a little bit on edge. Before yeah. you crack the mic. Yeah, paranoia. Paranoia is, is a wonderful motivator. Hmm. So, you guys? <laughs> that was really funny. What's Madonna that? for Gunner. Madonna for Gunner. I ate needles. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I ate needles. I ate his boyfriend's <laughs> right. 24 years old with their abdomen. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> Man. Um, so uh, here we sit, uh, and it's uh, it's we're counting down the last shows. Three, two, one. Are there any questions you have for us? Well, I got a topic. Yeah. I got a topic for you sure. guys because I'm always trying to think of topics for my show. Yeah. Where will Bob's audience go? Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> 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 I want to know your mount because you're a radio historian. And I think that when we chronicle the greatest shows in Seattle radio history, you guys are going to be up there. Who would you put on your Seattle radio Mount Rushmore? Hmm. Who, are the, who are the performers that you would put at the top? Well, I'd leave room for those that are still on the air. So I'm not going to mention anybody who's still on the air. Okay. Fair enough. He's... No, I'm. I'm not fishing. No, I agree. No, I'm the first a great one who question. came here with a topic I, to talk yeah. about. I think that. I mean, are we? Sp- and by the way, Jody said after uh, after John left, left, Jody said I was trying to be really nice and not say that Robin was a bitch because Robin was a bitch. I never oh, said that off yeah. the mic. Oh, but, I but, could hear it in your voice <laughs> as I was driving in. I was Believe very generous. And, and by the way, she after was definitely years, she was definitely a challenging person to get along with, but she's on that mountain. Uh, as the biggest female uh, radio personality in the history of Seattle, I think. Uh, and I, uh, who else? Well, Pat O'Day. D- I think you got to put Pat O'Day up there. By the way, there's already a rock up there that looks like Pat O'Day, so you hardly even <laughs> yeah, have to carve right. it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it boy, happens to be his liver. I'm not, oh. I'm not so sure. <laughs> the ones that have been on the air. Uh, it's certainly um, Pat Cashman. 
Uh, who I I'm not hearing much agreement no, on that. No. Uh, Pat's mm-hmm. who I started mm-hmm. with on the air. Yeah. My, my uh, first Larry Nelson. Bill Yend, you might have to put up yeah. there. Bill. He did it for a long, long time. Yeah, he's definitely deserving. Uh, where is he right now? I don't know. I think he's just playing golf. He's Living the good life. And he does do some commercials. I still hear Bill. See, that's what I want to do. I want to kind of yeah. get in, swoop in there. Ah, ah, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear my crow <laughs> do some commercials. The guys of my era when I was growing up here in this town, uh, Gary Lockwood and Charlie Brown were two of the You know what? That's biggest, right. Uh, you know, and they were a little preceded me, but uh, legendary. So it would be hard. You know what I would do? Because hmm. you know the kind of person I am. Uh, I would be paranoid and freak out about it, and it would be an awesome responsibility, and I'd have a hard time figuring it out. So I'd get a committee of really good people together, and we'd all, like, do a secret ballot. And because, hmm. you know, Mount Rushmore has how many, st- how many statues? Six. Four. 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 Clown Only four? Four. <laughs> hmm. Well, this is why we can't have you right. just doing a talk show. You have to be willing to take the controversy oh, yeah. that and the, comes with taking a stand. I know. Bob. And by the way, that's my, that's my, you know me, we've talked about this. That's my thing against politics is, mm-hmm. first off, I, I can't take that. Like when politics happens, it's like one side or the other side. And right. you're a wuss if you can't pick a side. Right. And I can't because my opinion changes right. uh, throughout the day. And uh, and so I'd be terrible at political talk. <laughs> well, you, even uh, this conversation is politically charged. I mean, Mount Rushmore, people all the time, oh, uh, you got to put Reagan on Mount Rushmore. I mean, right. Reagan, Mount Rushmore is perfect. you got Martin Van Buren, mm-hmm. um, Reagan, Clinton from the waist down. He's a great, <laughs> 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 America's great, great leader. That's awesome. You know? <laughs> a lot of, yeah. lot of great stuff. nominees on text, and I would not disagree. Jim French, a guy who did yeah. the greatest theater of the mind radio probably ever in Seattle. Ichabod Kane. Co-workers of ours, Kathy Faulkner and Steve Slayton. Yeah. Uh, and, and here's what this, eventually you mention all the people you love, and I've been inviting all the people I love onto the show. Mm-hmm. So I guess that is, in a way, my Mount Rushmore, and you're on it, Dory. Oh, you're sweet. Yeah. Now, I need something to clean that mountain with. Can you recommend a good product? Because it's, <laughs> There's a bunch of moss up there. Is there something I can spray to get moss off yeah, my I'll, roof? Yeah, I'll, I'll get an endorsement deal before okay. the end of the show, believe what, me. What do you pay full price for? What's the, what does what Dory pay Guns. 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 We don't do gun endorsements <laughs> on Bonneville Station. Well, or or liquor, pay, yeah. pay full price. You understand all those guns? Guns at, and at more the guns. Casino, yeah, at the casino, right. he pays full price, too. Oh, yeah, 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 at the advertise. craps table, I always yep. pay full price. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and a great company you work for, and you guys have been always wonderful to me. And I enjoyed uh, when I got to fill in, and all the people over there have been uh, tremendous. Some really good friends. Dory Monson in the afternoons. Uh, on Cairo, and uh, thanks a lot for being a good buddy. And I'll have time to visit now, and you won't have time. But yeah, but we'll make time. We'll absolutely right. make time. Well, I want to wish all you guys the best because uh, you guys are the greatest. And uh, my wife, my oldest daughter, is working, and she has fallen in love with your show just in the last few months. And uh, both them send their love because they are going to miss you guys gigantically. Thank you so much. That's sweet. Seven fifty-seven. Up next. That was hard. <laughs> Say more. Um, Dory finally got a gun endorsement. <laughs> um, no, what a class guy, man. You know, mm. on air, we we agreed so about so little on from his on air content and the and the side of the point of view that he took. But and I, and I understand that's what his audience wanted from him, 
and well, and it's he, also he, it's he also who audience. you are, though you were you are yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, he he. Dory Munson was a uh, regardless of how you felt about the the, the show that he did, um, was a, a tremendous human being. You know, father, That's what husband, it comes down to yeah. man. Politics is a battle neighbor. for power and money. It's 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 yeah, uh, it's a yeah. battle for ideals between two warring factions. It yeah. always has been. It always will. Be. You've seen Game of Thrones, right? Many many times. Well, I think we're nicer than those civilizations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but true. The, the theory is Game of Thrones is our actual natural DNA mm. to be warring, tribal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 only care about our own interests and to elevate that to create a civilization where more people are safe and more people are reasonable to each other yeah. just in our lifetime uh what has happened with gay marriage what has happened with um so many uh, well racism uh what has happened with since i was a kid uh when african americans were routinely not just systematically in some leftover stuff but routinely uh prejudice against couldn't ride in the front of the bus i mean Society makes its progress, but then each generation has to come up and sort of relearn what Boy, that's civility truth. is. You know, the first yeah, part of yeah. civilization is the word civil. Being civil to each other goes against our natural instincts. Like you want to yeah. cut down those that are your enemies. Um, and so I, I yeah. think it's the struggle between good and evil. I mean, if I, I, the Lord of the Rings, Star Trek. You know, um, when we watch those shows, we're watching uh, and Game of Thrones, especially we're watching our, like our inner selves still can relate to a beheading or marching in and wiping out an enemy. Yeah, and yeah. and that's and to recognize that that's in us and um, and not respond to um not respond to anger with more anger because I think that just multiplies anger. Uh, again, this is why I'm not on talk radio, but this would be a tune out, <laughs> such a tune out. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's, it's anger and fear are the easiest emotions to activate and the most powerful emotions in our, that drive who we are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that I, I, you know, so make people mad. That's our reptilian brain. That's why it all of the completely. ads for political candidates are about anger and fear, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and, and when someone comes along and talks reasonably, you know, there's so, yeah, we, we, we're not interested. They're we a sitting lose, duck. Yeah. 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 So yeah. anyway, I, uh, about Dory, um, I can't believe what, what made me tear up the first time I heard that was putting him on Mount Rushmore of Seattle radio. Yeah. Like first we made the joke, well, present company excluded. Cause we joked about how he was like, our yeah. ratings were going to be freed up and he wanted our audience to like him because yeah. that's the business we're all in. But then, um, you know, I said, you're on Mount Rushmore. And to me, uh, that is so true. Um, that well, what, what got me, well, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, of all Seattle radio personalities, he's up there with the best of all time. Un un undeniable. Absolutely mm -hmm. undeniable. I don't care who you are. You can't make the argument that he doesn't belong among the most elite. Thank you for royalty. quoting Larry the Cable Guy, by the way, who is another mm -hmm. great non-confrontational <laughs> comic. I don't care who you are. Oh, is that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Um, what got me was that um we'll have time. 
Yeah, we'll have time. When he, when he said, I'm sorry. Mm. When, when he said that at the end of it, we'll have time. And to your point earlier, you had, you had mentioned me before in private, and I think maybe even in here, that he had asked for my number to reach out to me. Yeah. And at that point, I had been about four months, maybe, yeah, at, at Cairo doing just fill-ins and doing the night show from 7 to 10, where I, where I tried to learn to do what he taught you to do, or at least helped you learn oh, how to Oh, he taught, yeah. We, yeah. we powwowed regularly. You know, I was there trying to figure out, find my legs and my voice in that arena. And to think that he cared enough to to inquire and and then that we'll have time comment when he said it just oh broke my heart again. Yeah. We'll put you on Rushmore too, right under Bill Clinton's dick. <laughs> I'll be doing this. That was a great that's a really <laughs> <laughs> those were some strange analogies. All right. Yeah, uh, that's what I do. <laughs> all right. To close it out, Spike O'Neill, Bob Rivers, Maura Gallucci on the show earlier. Uh, thank you all for watching. Yeah, uh, you can always, you can subscribe and like us on our use YouTube channel at Bob Rivers Show. And um, we don't get a lot of, we get most of our viewers on Facebook, but then Facebook makes it go away in two or three days. So uh, we're just putting it this out everywhere. It's going to be on Spotify with video and uh, wherever you get podcasts. Thank you very much for watching us. We really, really do appreciate it. And if you want to put something in a tip jar, go to uh, patreon.com slash Bob Rivers. I don't know why I don't run commercials for that at the beginning, because <laughs> it's not about the money anymore, but every little bit is much appreciated. Thank you all. Uh, you ready to say the last word? Say, say some words of wisdom to close out the podcast. Um, every day is a, fr a flipping gift. You know, you ask me what I, what it's like being at Cairo every anytime, and and every day I get to go in there and and revel in front of a microphone to an audience is an absolute gift. We don't know how many gifts we got coming, so suck up, suck up the day. All right, and if you tuned in late for this, you can get it on demand on Facebook anytime or Bob Rivers Show at Bob Rivers Show at YouTube. Watch from the beginning because Maura Gallucci was delightful to talk to again, and I think I ever hoodwinked into coming back on a regular basis. <laughs> Yay! Be well, everybody.